What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Welcome on into the show, beautiful people, because it is quite a refresher after all of the doom and gloom and all of the negative post-game streams that we've had to endure, all the complaining about refs and complaining about Zach Wilson and the direction of the franchise and how feckless they've looked without Aaron Rodgers. Finally, there are some nitpicks, but finally, the Jets are winners, 31-21 on the road in Denver against the Denver Broncos, which I don't think they're a very good team, but that's always a very tough place to play. And they came out of it with a ton of battle scars that we will get into. But first, before all that, you can always find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Overcast, wherever it may be that you get your podcasts. We're on all those sites and YouTube and TikTok. Both of them are at the Jet Press. Make sure you subscribe. Make sure you send us a follow on TikTok. We are getting some really good responses, some really good interactions over there. So... However you choose to support the show, we are eternally grateful and thank you for it. Feel free to use the chat, too, on Facebook or YouTube or however you may be watching. Let your thoughts be heard, people. We are the people's bullhorn in this Jets victory, this post-Jets celebration, post-Jets win celebration, I might say. Let's just go into it because Justin Freed is going to be here very soon. He's got a couple of uh, things he's got to take care of on the right end of things. But let's just talk about a Jets victory in a game that like the Kansas City game, I thought was going to go off the rails very quickly because it had all the markings of it. The offense, again, starts slow. The running game was trying to get, as, as Rodrigo Costa says here, Quincy Williams all-pro, he's playing like an all-pro. It's getting harder to deny it at this point. Uh, I don't know if he's Fred Warner or Roquan Smith yet. I feel like they're kind of 1A and 1B, but performance-wise, what a game. As good as Quinnen is playing, all-pro Quinnen, Quincy might be having the better year. But as good as the defense was, the offense early on, again, not really doing much of anything. And then Russell Wilson gets some plays down the field on a lot of scrambles. That was the big thing early on. A lot of scrambles, a lot of runs. They weren't really containing him. And then after another punt, you're like, oh, God, here we go again. They're going to lose in a typical Zach Wilson Jets fashion. And then what do you know? They get the safety. Now, the safety, again, doesn't really end up leading to an offensive explosion, but it kicked him into high gear a little bit. And then we get to the second half, and again, even the second the second quarter, I mean, in the second quarter didn't make me feel much better, if I'm being honest, because they had that awful, awful play at the end of the quarter where Zach Wilson throws the ball and then he doesn't get set. I don't know who that was. I don't know if it was Sala not telling guys to hurry up or not calling a timeout or whatever. I don't know if that was the offensive line or Wilson. I don't even want to go sort through that that trash right now because if they had lost, we would have been, believe me, we definitely would have been. But they didn't because after that, they go into the half. They needed to make adjustments, both sides of the ball instantly. Otherwise, they were dead against maybe the worst team in the AFC. I think you can make that argument now for Denver. They they just look like a complete nothing burger out there. And you know what? Brees Hall, they unleashed the Brees, and oh my God, what a performance. 22 carries, a new career high, 177 yards, and a touchdown with the long of 72 yards. And that was not just his only big play. He had a big 20-yard run mixed in there, a couple hard grinding runs up the middle to keep the chains moving. Brees Hall with a career game, and finally, this offense has some identity, which they have lacked in the first few games. It looked like they were just throwing shit at the wall and seeing what would stick, and very few things were sticking, as we saw in that New England game, but between this and the Kansas City game, even though they ran it a lot more than they did against Kansas City, I'm finally getting shades of an identity because the defense, boy, did they button up and knuckle down or whatever the phrase you want to use is, in the second half, I mean, Russell Wilson, before he had that late drive where they scored the touchdown, I mean, I don't even think they got a first down. It had to be four or five drives in a row. They couldn't even get a first down. I don't even think Russell Wilson had positive passing yards for the longest time. So that's the idea. We're going to knock off all the big plays. 
We're going to suffocate the hell out of you defensively. If you're going to score, it's going to be a long 9-10 play drive, which if you do it and you beat us like that, we'll tip our cap to you because that's hard to pull off, and sometimes you just do that. But we're going to limit the big plays. And on offense, we are going to shove Brees Hall down your throat as much as possible. And then once you finally start thinking it's all Brees Hall, Zach Wilson is going to get the ball out quick. Uh, I didn't love the Wilson performance in totality, but I thought in general this was one of his better games. And now that interception at the end of Pat Sertan was awful. And if they lost that game, you would not be hearing the end of it from me right now. I was about ready to collapse. I felt something right up here. Something started pulsing. I'm like, oh, here we go again. It almost took me. I almost had not. I'm coming Elizabeth Sanford and son, Fred Sanford moment. Almost. But instead, they rally and they get some stops and win the game. But if you take the pick out of it, which I know just sounds like, you know, other than that, Mrs. Lincoln, how was the play? I get all that. But 19 of 25, 199 yards with a couple big throws late. And not just throws where I'm like, oh, you're an NFL quarterback. You're supposed to hit that. I mean, that deep shot to Wilson across his body, deep down the field, right on the money. And then the Conklin throw. I know Conklin had the big extra extra effort where he got all the yards after the catch but he checked out of that play found him open in the seam and then Conklin rumbles on we started seeing a lot more of the Zach Wilson that we thought we would see now did he completely dominate with his arm no and after Tua had I think a perfect passer rating against them and Justin Fields had four touchdowns and like one incompletion late maybe some people were expecting a little more from Zach Wilson but this is what they asked him to do they didn't ask him to go and throw it 40 times and win the game like they did against the Kansas City Chiefs. They asked him to let Brees Hall take advantage of the fact they're playing one of the worst front sevens in the league and just completely chew up yards. And then when they need to make a throw, they make a throw. Then in terms uh Sal Piani, or Sal Pisani, I apologize, Sal, for getting your name wrong. Uh, that, that pick had help from the receiver tipping it. And uh, yeah, kind of. It still wasn't a great throw. Placement need to be a little bit better. And then a more positive comment. As a Jets fan, even when they win, it's so hard to feel good about it. Uh, I mean, I feel good about it. I don't know I don't know about you. I'm feeling pretty good about it. I know there were mistakes, but who plays a perfect game outside of maybe Miami versus Denver earlier? Like we didn't, You're not going to score 70 points every week. You're not going to hold them to zero points. Now, there were problems. I thought Nathaniel Hackett, it looked like two different people were calling games based on how different the drives were because we get creative Nathaniel Hackett some nice play calls on passing some nice creatively designed running plays that I think let Brees Hall really start taking off even Dalvin Cook for as much as we crapped on him I know this is a low low bar I thought he had his best game as a member of the Jets for whatever that's worth and then a couple times it just seemed like old school run run pass run run pass no creativity no motion no, none of that. I believe they only had like one play action pass going into the fourth quarter. So a bit of a helter skelter game from Hackett. But if this was the game plan and this was the mission statement, which I don't know if it was, but if that's what they went in trying to do. Just run Brees as much as they can. And then when they need to make a throw, here's something high percentage for Zach. If that was the intent, they succeeded. They succeeded. Uh, and then defensively, uh, I got to get to a comment here from Reggie uh, Ducasse. Then we'll get to the defense. Uh, Lack of day school, he's trash. He tried to give the game away, and defense saves the team. I mean, the defense did save the team. And that last throw from Zach was not very good. Now, granted, Pat Sertan's one of the best defensive backs in the league, and he made a tremendous play on the ball. It was a horrible situation to make that throw. It was the last thing you could do. And if he lost, we would be demanding that Zach Wilson be extradited out of the state of New York or New Jersey, either of the states. If, he, if they ended up losing the game because of that pick. I get all that, but they ended up winning the game. They made some plays, and when you look at the performance in totality, I mean, he gave them a chance to lose it, but they didn't. I thought that he could have made a couple extra throws. There was some meat on the bone he left, but in generally, a lot of high percentage stuff. I believe this is like the second week in a row where his completion percentage is over 70%, which is very good, where you see Zach Wilson putting up 52s and 53s and things like that, so... As long as he's not doing that, that's pretty good. Uh, and, and now the defense. They didn't start as slowly as they did against Kansas City, where they went in such a deep hole that no matter how well they played, it was impossible to get out of it. But I'm still pretty encouraged from what I saw because there were a lot of sloppy mistakes early. Some of the penalties, I mean, oh, my God, the, the refs in this game. 
Jets fans, Broncos fans, both of you have a right to complain about the refs in these games. So we'll put that to a side just for one minute and just look at the defense in general. Again, a slow start. They were running the ball very well. Jaleel McLaughlin, an undrafted free agent, looked like Barry Sanders early on, and we're like, oh, boy, here this is going to be a nightmare. And then in the second half, they just completely locked it down as we welcome in Justin Freed. Hello. We fought we- <laughs> Two and three, two and three. I've gone in a little bit on Zach Wilson and I was kind of praising the defense for making adjustments and completely limiting Russell Wilson early on. But uh, I want to get your thoughts on right now, just above all Zach Wilson, because as I was saying before, and if that pick ended up being thrown, I mean, that would have been, we would have been having an aneurysm live on stream. You would have seen someone completely collapse and fall over, but he didn't, and he gave the de- – they said, you know what? I messed up. Defense, can you win the game? And he won the game. So, Justin, I will give you the floor on Wilson or an equally broad topic of your choosing here. I mean, first of all, the Jets won a goddamn football game. That's a reason to celebrate. I know you've already been celebrating. I'm sure you came on celebrating, but I have to celebrate now because we don't get a lot of these sometimes, all right? So it feels really freaking good when the Jets win a game. And this was a game that, by all accounts, the Jets had a lot of reasons to lose this game because of all the penalties and just the – obviously the injuries. They were banged up on the offensive line. I don't know if you gave the update on Elijah Vera Tucker, but Robert Sala, uh, it doesn't sound good. They said that – Sala said he is concerned. He was oh, asked if it was an Achilles, and he declined the comment, but they're getting an MRI. Oh, uh, no, so that's not a, an Achilles for him, too. Not, for linemen? Oh, it, no. Yeah, it's not great. And they oh. said calf. So that was that was my concern when they said calf. But I don't want to do that because I want to celebrate. That's immediately just damper on everything right there. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, what a, what a win. What a win. Because there was a lot of reasons that the Jets should have lost this game, and they came through in the end. The defense locked down in the second half aside from one drive where they just looked like they were lost, which that happens a lot with this Jets defense. I feel like this Jets defense is so talented and so good, but – they have like drives here and there where you're just like, what is happening? The end result is generally good. When you look back on a game, you're like the Jets defense played well, but during the game, it's not pretty sometimes. And as for Zach Wilson, I think he did everything you can ask for him in this game. He had the interception at the end, which was really just bad ball placement. Like, honestly, it's unfortunate that ended up in a pick because nine, like nine times out of 10, that's not an interception. When you, when you throw the ball there, probably not going to end up in an interception. And it wasn't a bad decision. I thought he was pretty safe with the ball outside of the fumbles, which that needs to be cleaned up. The Jets cut. I want to say they got very lucky with those fumbles, although there were like, they obviously had the muff by Gibson. There were a lot of fumbles in this game, very sloppy performance by, by both teams. Uh, but I think overall Zach Wilson did well. I think he performed exactly how you'd expect um, a backup quarterback kind of thrust into the situation and probably even better than that. He wasn't quite as good as last week. He didn't have the same big time throws, but I thought he was pretty competent. He was, he was a pretty competent quarterback and he made a couple of really nice plays. Of course, that third down strike to Conklin uh, in a crucial, crucial time because that and what, what impressed me the most is Conklin was not his first read there. You know, you got a hostile environment in Denver. The crowd is on your ass. You got, you got pressure coming because you got Max Mitchell in the game at right tackle, which Sounds like he might be starting at right tackle moving forward, which that might be a concern moving forward, but we'll see. Uh, But it was a really difficult situation for him. He progressed through his reads, stayed calm in the pocket, got hit as he threw, and still found Conklin. That was a really, really nice play by Zach Wilson. And the Wilson throw. The play action to Wilson. And the play action to Garrett Wilson, which I absolutely love that call from Nathaniel Hackett. I have so few gripes with Hackett after these last two games. Are there things that I'm like, yeah, I would have changed? Yes. I don't think the Jets should run the ball if Jeremy Ruckert's not in the game. I mean that because the difference when he is out there versus when he's not is significant. Dalvin Cook, I do think this was his best game with the Jets but I don't think he should be getting significant snaps. And he really didn't like they did let Brees kind of, you know, they unleashed the Brees in this game. Um, and there were the, there's other small gripes here and there. I thought that their, their opening script was really bad, but overall I think Hackett called a very good game. I thought Wil- uh, Wilson played well. Nathaniel Hackett got the game ball as Robert Sala just told the media. So that's really fun. Uh, I, I, I'm really happy. I'm happy for Nathaniel Hackett. I'm happy for Billy Turner. I'm happy for, for all this Jets team that wanted revenge on Sean Payton. By the way, Sean Payton spiking the ball with one second left, down 10, no timeouts. That's a bitch move, man. I, I'm sorry. That's such a bitch move. He, and, and, and like, I love the camera cuts to him. They're down 10. There's one second on the clock, frantically looking at his playbook, trying to find a play. Like, and if anything, you're risking injury to your own players. Like, why are you? How, why? how about uber genius Sean Payton after a muff punt and Sauce Gardner goes out of the game? They're running end around with the third number three wide receiver yeah. as a rookie. 
I, I thought the game plan that the Broncos had in the first half was really good on offense. I thought they whooped Salah and Olbrick for the most part, but then the adjustments the Jets made in the second half were awesome, and the Broncos really didn't have any answer for it. They finally got after the quarterback, and honestly, Russell Wilson looked like I'm gonna. He looked like a rookie quarterback. Like he legitimately, he was scared to throw the ball. The dude was running at the first sign of pressure. And he fumbled the game away. Like, he looked like a rookie quarterback out there. And that's this Jets defense has the ability to do that to quarterbacks. We've seen him do it to Josh Allen, to Patrick Mahomes, and now Russell Wilson. And Wilson had, a, I would say, even worse game than those two. Well, it's it's just it, how many offensive coordinators has Russell Wilson had in his career? And yet every offense looks like the Russell Wilson offense. Yeah. It's I his mean, offense. I think that's just how he kind of is. I mean, good and bad. I mean, obviously, Russell Wilson's had an amazing career, so it's worked for him before. It just, it just didn't work in this game. Uh, I want to get one question from you on the offense, and then we'll go into more of a deep defensive breakdown. Quincy sure. Williams, oh my God, what a game. Dude, he's fucking all pro. Like, <laughs> he's so good. Anyway, go on, sorry. But Because uh, one thing that kept confusing me was I kept seeing a lot of things, you know, they're not being very aggressive. They need to throw the ball more. They need to... And, and I got it to a little bit. And then I'm watching the game. I'm like, Brees Hall's ripping off 10, 15-yard runs every other play. Why are we not giving it to him 30 times a game? This is the worst run defense in the NFL. The Broncos, they get Brees Hall ran for 177 yards. I don't think your your takeaway from that game should be the Jets should throw the ball more. Like, exactly. <laughs> like, that's not, I know running the ball and conservative are equal, but getting Brees Hall the ball in space is not a conservative play by any stretch. It's the wise play. Right. And they were they were smart with it, too. Zach Wilson completed 73 percent of his passes. I believe that's a new career high. I think he tied his career high last week for completion percentage. I believe this is a new career. I think it was 72 percent was his high before this. So I think that's a new career high. He was very efficient. I, I, there were very few plays that I thought were like genuine negative plays from Zach Wilson, aside from the fumbles. Like in terms of throwing the ball, I don't think there were many negatives from him in this game. He's got to he's got to watch the fumbles, though, because that is a serious problem. Jets got very lucky with that. But that is a problem. Now, defensively, I, I number one thing I, you got. I got a I got a bone to pick with you. With me? Uh, yeah. Okay. Mr. Tony Adams hype train guy. What the hell is oh, that, Tony Adams? I it wasn't even me. It was the Jets were leading that hype train. I like. I was excited to see Tony Adams, given what we heard this offseason. But no, I mean he's been bad. He's been really, really bad. Jordan White has been bad outside of that first game. Like the right now, I'm not sure the Jets have a starting caliber safety on the roster. Maybe it's Adrian Amos because Amos played better than Adams when he was out there. Uh, but yeah, they're honestly the vast majority of the big plays that the Broncos had in this game. Like even the moderate games were on the safeties. Like well, it was either blown coverage, missed tackles. That first drive where the Broncos scored, they, they had two huge plays in that drive. Both Tony Adams fault. Like both of them were Tony Adams' fault. So the Jet, the, the, you're right. Like they have an issue with their safeties. I thought the secondary as a overall whole played very well today. The corners were outstanding. Uh, I mean, I don't know if it was just Russell Wilson was scared to throw downfield or if they were actually just locking them down. But Sauce was amazing. So glad that he avoided major injury because I don't know. I don't know what your heart was thinking, Mike, or your 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 heart was feeling and your brain was thinking. Well, we already that saw Aaron Rodgers play for 15 minutes and go down, so nothing would surprise me at this point. Because but. that looks so bad. I don't know. If, I don't know how many people caught the replay. It was very quick, but the guy on that tackle like went right into Sauce's knee, and his knee like bent inwards. And I was like, oh, that's it. That's it. Like it's either a torn ACL or he just got so freaking lucky, and he got really lucky because that looked brutal. Uh, it was just one of those injuries that I guess looked a, a lot worse than they were, but I thought he was great. Bryce Hall deserves credit. I know he had that hold, uh, but overall I thought he played well. And I'm really glad I tweeted out two days ago and I said that Bryce Hall would get an interception on Russell Wilson. And he didn't do that, but he got a scoop and score on Russell Wilson. And I feel like yeah, that's I'll, I'll, I'll allow it. That counts. I mean, it's Bryce Hall. I mean, he doesn't he doesn't catch many picks. Uh, but I feel like that's <laughs> close enough. I feel like that is close enough. So I'm going to give myself a pat on the back for that, especially because it was the game winner, especially because it sealed the game. Uh, How about the defensive line, too? I mean, I know Denver yeah. doesn't have an elite offensive line, but I think it's good. And I mean, Garrett Bowles has been in the league for a while. He's gotten much better since he was struggling early on. And they gave Mike McGlinchey a ton of money. Yep. on a five-year deal yeah, we, we need to start looking at we need to start looking at shanahan because every offensive lineman who leaves yeah. the 49ers man there's something about him i, I always thought mcglinchy was overrated i he's not a good pass blocker like he's really not he struggled a lot and he had a lot of penalties in san fran i always thought he was overrated but yeah but, uh, I, mean, how, I feel like how a lot of the, the i feel like a lot uh, of those sacks and pressures were as a result of of like really great coverage downfield but hey a sack is a sack they finished with four sacks uh, I know, you know, Bryce Huff had a few pressures, obviously Quincy Williams with two massive 
they're both sacks right on that last drive, Quincy Williams. I think he did. Uh, and how about Jermaine Johnson too? I mean, he had some very timely plays. And there weren't many plays where it's just like a guy straight up beat their man in front of them. A lot of it was coverage sacks, but they, they got the job done. And in the first half, they weren't. I love the defensive adjustments the Jets made in the, going into the second half because they were getting absolutely slaughtered on those man blitzes in the first half. They were getting killed because Russell – and that's what made him – in the second half, Russell Wilson, Wilson was playing the same way. As soon as he saw pressure, he started to take off because that was working in the first half because the Jets had nobody back after that 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 man blitz missed. Uh, they made adjustments in the second half. They started having a spy out there, whether it was Mosley or Tony Adams. I thought I thought the, the, the defensive adjustments they made going into the second half – really salvaged the day for the defense because it was I mean I know they gave up only 30 13 points in the first half but it was it was it was not pretty it was not pretty for a lot of that first half Patrick Cahill in chat said uh Jermaine Johnson was honestly the MVP of this game him or Quincy uh I mean those are the two uh honestly mine is Greg Zerline for being honest I mean yeah Greg Zerline boy did he save their ass a couple times I know kicking in Denver is easier because of the altitude but Mm. five field goals even though he was prevented from attempting a sixth because of that end of the second quarter play. And I even said earlier on, like, I don't even want to necessarily dive into that because that was just, we're never going to get a straight answer on what happened there. And they ended up winning anyway. So I don't really know how to analyze that. The officiating in this game was as a, as, a, as like a whole was really bad. Like on oh both my sides, God, it's terrible. It was, Even if you're a Broncos fan, right. Jets got lucky a couple times. Yeah, both teams got screwed. Like both from the very first drive, where Zach Wilson's hit on his head and grab. Even if you don't want to say that's a face mask and you're saying he didn't grab his face mask, he hit him in the head. That by the rules is an automatic penalty in the NFL. And Bryce Huff got called for a pretty similar one later in the game. Like that that should have been a penalty, but there were I, I honestly I'm, I'm forgetting a lot of them now. But I know there were a lot a lot of bad calls on both ends that were just really confusing and just 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 bad but it wasn't pretty the Jets got the win in the end and that's what matters I am concerned about a few of the injuries in the offensive line also I want to shout out Mekhi Becton because I've heard for years people calling this dude soft that man is 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 he came back on the field twice clearly in a lot of pain he was limping he was limping on the field and he still played through a knee injury where he's clearly just he's not healthy like he's it's I think it's always going to be an issue for him or it's becoming it's going to be an issue for him for a lot of the season evidently uh and he still played through it so i want to shout out makai Beckton because he played through injury he stopped us out and i i'm glad he was out there instead of billy turner no offense to billy turner i know it was a revenge game for him uh but i want to give a shout out to him but i'm a little concerned about about vera tucker for sure a lot concerned about vera tucker uh especially if if max mitchell is is the answer at right tackle because well i think he held his own against a not so good yeah it's also not a very good broncos pass rush although Nick Benito is probably their best pass rusher, and he was the guy that was lined up against Mitchell. So, plus it's always tough to come out, come off the bench in a situation like this anyway. Like it's it always is. tough. Uh, Dan Golston in chat with is that Joe Douglas with a fade as your yeah. profile? Yeah. Oh, I love that. I love that. Okay, okay. Makai grind, Makai grinded it out. Love that man. I he mean, did. shout now, out now early on. I got to be performance wise, it did not look great. Yes, I, the, then, whole, yeah. the whole offensive line was awful in those first few drives. It was really, the first quarter was awful for the offensive line. Right, and I didn't want to make it seem, because again, a lot of the a lot of the sacks that I've always said that Wilson takes, it's not all the offensive line, some of it, it's Wilson. And I think I, I think a couple of them early on, I think he did kind of get into old school, but, but, but looking around, oh, Zach. But there was a couple points where it was just one, two, three, hit by a Bronco. Yep. And yeah, I'm like, was- oh God, is this what the rest of the game's going to be against this awful defense? And then I don't know what they what they said to him, but they had a, a fire in him. Now Tipman played extremely well again. I know Robert Sala said that he was he could have come back in. He's fine. Yeah, he's fine. Healthy wise, so that's good. McGovern had a really bad hold when the Jets were driving late, but mm-hmm. he did okay. Tomlinson had the biggest switch early on. He looked like they should release him in the middle of the game, and then. <laughs> Later on, he had some nice plays. I think that he blocked a couple big Brees runs. Like that, that long Brees touchdown was so well executed by pretty much the entire offensive line and everybody that was on the field. Mitchell and Tittman both cleared out the lane. Tomlinson pulled over, made a really nice lead block. Bauden was there. Lazard made a nice block. I, honestly, I said this before. I was talking to the people I was watching the game with, and I was like, there's few things more aesthetically pleasing in football than a well-blocked run play. I don't know. It does it for me. Like Just watching a well-blocked run play, I'm like, ah, oh, this is great. This is great stuff. And yeah, so, but yeah, I, I think, think the, the problem back. with this offensive line, I think I figured it out. I can't recall in a while the difference between how good they are at a run blocking and how bad they are at pass blocking. Yeah, it is weird. I, I agree. 
I agree. Which, I, which, could you think, I mean, Vera Tucker can move well. Tomlinson hmm. came from a Shanahan system where they threw the ball a lot. Like they've clearly prioritized on a lot of things like athleticism on the line. Hmm. I know Becton's huge, but I feel like he's kind of the, the outlier. Yet in pass protection, I, I know they don't have like the the anchor necessarily then in pass pro and they can get pushed back sometimes, but not like this. Yeah, I, I think that uh, I think that what was I going to say? Oh, I, I, I lost my I lost my train of thought. I started I started thinking about that well block run play again. I was like, oh man, it was just it was <laughs> it's that seductive. You can't get it out of your mind. Yeah, I'm like, it's, it, yeah. It, it was it was amazing. Um, but yeah, I honestly forgot what I was going to say. You keep going. Uh, so I'll, here's what I was going to say. Here's what I was going to say next. With how the Jets are operating sometimes, if they ran the flex bone like an Army or Navy team, like a service academy, I would not be opposed because, yeah. like, I honestly – I remember for a while we were saying Garrett Wilson is the guy you got to feature in this offense and Brees Hall is – if this is what healthy Brees Hall is like, 20 touches a game – 25 yeah. a game minimum – yeah, so I, I, you got, I don't run this guy into the ground. I hear you say at this point, I don't really care. Right. Brees Hall is showing to be people forget how special a town he is because Brees Hall is 220 pounds. Yeah. Does he run like a 220 pound running back? He's running he's he's 195 out there. Out there. He's, he's so electric. There. He's out there looking like Devon A chain, but he's like 220 pounds. That's crazy. Uh, I remember what I was going to say. I was going to say, I think part of the reason the Jets run blocking looks so much better than their pass blocking at times is a result of the cast around the offensive line. You have guys like Ruckert who are outstanding run blockers. Alan Lazard is an outstanding run blocker as well. I thought Conklin, Eldazone, I think Uzama has had a really nice few weeks as well so i think part of it is how talented their their run blocking is around the offensive line and that's we saw that today it makes me i'm still unbelievably upset this team's two and three i mean we know the rogers thing even if all right let's just pretend rogers never happened and, and zach wilson was the plan all along all right buffalo in, insane comeback win great dallas all right i'll write you off sometimes you just don't show up and get killed like every team has a game like that once a year where you just show up and get killed so that happens one-on-one Right. If Zach Wilson was just not that putrid against the Patriots and they don't go into a 17 nothing hole against Patrick Mahomes. The Patriots are so bad. Oh, I'm watching this game today. I'm like, how? How did that? I almost don't want him to be too bad, though, because I don't want him getting Caleb Williams. But like, I, I'm watching that. I'm like, how? How did we not score against the, how? the Patriots? The Patriots have given up 69 consecutive points. They've only scoring. scored three without, in the last. Two without games. yeah, without scoring, they have allowed sixty nine consecutive points, which that's that's unbelievable, man. God. It really. If the Jets don't beat the Patriots in Week eighteen, man, if they, I don't even care if that game means nothing for either team. They have to win that game. I don't care. I don't care about draft position when it comes to beating the Patriots. I don't care. Come that game, they have to win that game. But yeah, I mean, looking ahead, this this was a must win game for the Jets. I know we say that. I know it's hyperbolic to say that sometimes. You couldn't afford to be one and or one and four going into the Eagles week. You couldn't do that because that's a really tough game against an undefeated Eagles team. That's a really really good team. And then you got the bye after that. Now you at least set yourself up for potential success after the bye because after the bye week, this schedule lightens up a lot. There's like looking at that schedule, it's not very daunting. It really isn't. Uh, and so I think having like you needed to win this game. Obviously, the emotional aspect of it getting a revenge for Hackett, Brees Hall and Elijah Vera Tucker returning to the same place that they had their season-ending injuries last season. Really hope it's not the same outcome for Elijah Vera Tucker this time. Uh, but it, it was a must-win. It was a must-win because this is a very beatable Broncos team. This defense is not good. Uh, and I know that, obviously, like they, what, they had, what, 23, 24 points against this defense. Uh, it could have been better, but it was a must-win. They got the win, and that's what matters. And there you go. <laughs> Maybe here's the way I'm kind of looking at this and you know, who's been more critical of Zach Wilson than anybody. Yeah. It's me. I, I still don't have a ton of confidence in the passing game. It's certainly better. Like at least looks like an NFL passing game in the last two weeks. Like it looks like they're not going to throw for 400 yards, but it looks like workable and they have like big plays and they have concepts that they run and identity. Like it, it's real. It's not like whatever the hell beforehand, maybe a, a part of me, small part, is thinking, all right, how much of it looking like that was just Buffalo, Dallas, New England, back to back to back? Right. And that while, while they're still trying to figure things out, because now they get Kansas City, who started off hot, but against the Vikings, they didn't exactly cover themselves in glory against Minnesota. And then Denver, who was terrible. I know that they didn't light up the passing game like they did, but there's no way Denver's going to give up 70 points every single week. Like they're not good, but they're. 
they're better than that, especially with Justin Simmons coming back. Like that was a huge addition that I think helped a lot. Like now they play Philly and Philly, I think is really going to be the litmus test of that theory. Cause if Philly yeah. comes out and just absolutely beats the brakes off them, then I'm like, then, you know, where do we go heading into the bye? But if they, even if they lose, if they hold their own, I'm like, all right, maybe, maybe there is tangible improvement that we weren't seeing. And maybe we were a little too quick to judge. I think the Jets offense has an identity now, which they really didn't have through those first few weeks. Like you said, they were still trying to figure out who they were without Aaron Rodgers, specifically Nathaniel Hackett was trying to figure out who he is again without, without Aaron Rodgers, because obviously he didn't have Aaron Rodgers last year, but he had Rodgers for a while in green Bay. It's been a while since he's, since he's called plays successfully without Rodgers as his quarterback. So I think he was really trying to figure that out. And I think the last couple of weeks they have, they've leaned on Brees Hall in the ground game. They've had a lot of pre-snap motion, which again, it's great. They didn't, they didn't end up giving the ball or anything to Xavier Gibson this week, but even just having him crossing the field all the time, it, it at least it pauses the linebackers for a second and it allows Brees to hit the hole and, and not have a linebacker right in his face immediately. That's really important stuff. And they weren't doing it all at all the first few weeks. I don't know if it was, they didn't trust Zach Wilson or, or they didn't just, they just didn't know how to attack the defense. But Here, here's my theory on that. Cause I remember hearing people talk about like uh, how really good quarterbacks operate and the preferences they like where Peyton Manning, I remember he wanted everything, two guys on one side, two guys on the other side and keep everything still with almost no motion. So he could kind of, you know, do his pre-snap thing and direct everybody and like make the play up. Tom Brady was big on trips to one side, find the really bad weak guy and just keep spamming it until they figure out how to stop it. Drew Brees was, we're going to move everybody around. Eventually one of you will get confused and I'll just dump it off to the confused guy. Cause I can pick it up. Like everybody operates differently. Rogers to a degree, I think is more like Manning in that when he came to the line, he feel like he wanted everything kind of set that way he can do motions. He can figure out things. He could, it, it, he wanted to basically call his own, offense to a degree i don't know if he, he, didn't have, he wasn't calling his own plays but he liked kind of having that authority mm-hmm. and i feel like early on he tried to give zach some of those tools he gave him i think a lot of pre-snap responsibility and now i think hackett is doing it a lot for him not in a babying way but i think it's just right. yeah this is a way to be more effective like we'll help you out they're not using a ton of motion or play action but i think they're using more than they did early on because i think maybe motion and play action i think he would leave up to the quarterback now he's calling it a little bit more and the results, I mean, they aren't amazing, but he's completed over 70% of his passes in both of the last two games, mm-hmm. which he has a career like 55% completion percentage. 70 for Zach Wilson is almost unprecedented. And really outside of that one throw to Sertan that got picked, which again, part of it was a great play on Sertan. Part of it was also poor placement. I know I know it's a 30-yard throw, but you know, if you're going to make that throw, place it well. So if you, if you take that out of it, have there really been any like, oh my God, Zach Wilson, no, what are you doing? throws in the last no. two weeks i haven't really seen it no and i, I want to get to a comment on from from mario on facebook in, in chat he said despite zach wilson we got the win i don't think the jets won this game in spite of zach wilson that's not how i'd spin this at all I at the wilson, end they did <laughs> yes but again like you said it was just poor placement it wasn't even like a bad decision on his part i think zach wilson the last two weeks i'll even say this week because i think genuinely last week he played like a good quarterback like he was a starting caliber quarterback and then some last week this week i think this is exactly what you hope for when a backup is thrust into duty you hope he can do exactly what zach wilson did today and this this was a very encouraging performance from him he's not making any big time throws or at least he didn't today there wasn't anything really that was like oh this guy's a star but he was he was very competent he was he was competent with with the ball i feel like they're treating him as if they treat a rookie quarterback. That's kind of how the vibe I get, which is fine. And honestly, that's probably how they should treat him right now. I feel like the game plan they have for him is intentionally meant to, to be easy for him. Most of it is one read stuff. They're trying to get the ball out very quickly. Part of that, again, is they're trying to deal with their offensive line, which has a lot of, they've done a lot of reshuffling. They've had injuries, but they're clearly trying to get the ball out of his hands quickly. They're trying not to make him think too much because when Zach Wilson thinks too much and when he holds on to the ball too long, bad things tend to happen. And that's always been a thing throughout his career. I'm sure we'll see the numbers on it in a couple of days or tomorrow, what his time to throw was, but I imagine it was very low, just like it was last league. Last league, it was 2.73 seconds. That was one of the lowest marks of his entire career. The game plan this week was designed to do the exact same thing, and that's exactly how they should be attacking this Broncos defense. That's how they should be should be game planning their offense because it works. Feed Brees in the ground game. That's where you lean on, and then when Zach Wilson has to throw, you make the quick, easy throws. The little little tosses out to to Brees Hall, the little throws into the flats where you had uh, that third down conversion to Garrett Wilson, where it might have been OPI and Al Lazard, but they didn't call it. That's the stuff that you need to do. The quick, little, simple reads from Zach Wilson. 
that that's how they should be attacking de- opposing defenses moving forward, and that's what they've done the last two weeks. I feel like people are just kind of grading on a curve a little bit because they saw what Fields and and Tua did. And they kind of expected a similar day from Zach. And I mean, honestly, if they came out throwing 40 times a game, I mean, I, the way he was playing today, he probably could have thrown for a couple touchdowns. Yeah, I just think that wasn't, that wasn't the game plan. They wanted to lean on Brees against the worst rushing defense in the league, which is a good idea. And it worked. So I, I can't fault them too much for that. Yeah, no. And also like Justin Fields is still a better quarterback than Zach Wilson. Like that's, that's, I know how Wilson's played the last two weeks and it's good, but Justin Fields is still a better quarter. He's still a star. I would still say he's a starting caliber quarterback. I know he had a really rough start to this season, and the jury is very much still out on him. This isn't me being a, a Justin Fields defender. It's me seeing the reality with what Zach Wilson has been through the vast majority of his NFL career. So expecting, you know, Zach Wilson to come out and throw for 350 yards, I don't think that was reasonable. And it's also just not what this Jets offense is. Like you said, like their game plan was not to throw for that many yards. They weren't going to try to do that because they knew that they know they have one of the best running backs in football, and they know how, how porous this Broncos run defense is. That wasn't their plan. Their plan wasn't to come out throwing 40 times. And it worked. They rushed for over 170 yards with, with just Brees Hall on the ground. It's hard to argue with results when, when you get that kind of production. Justin, I got two questions to, to ask you, and I'll, let, I'll give you the floor for both of them because sure. I've, been, I've had these on my mind. Obviously, nobody likes the coach when they're losing. Like, the second they go down, it's fire everybody. Like I, I get that that happens. I but. saw so many fire solid tweets in that first half. It was really funny. Uh, but one of the things I kept seeing a lot Maybe this is strange to me is I feel like, you know, well, obviously the big criticism of Salah right now is the Jets start very slow. Yes. And that's and I, true. I, I always say, oh, they didn't come to play. Like what? They didn't care about winning. Like I always hate when people say that. Right. Like, they're like, yeah, go ahead and win Denver. Like, I, I hate that. But like he does start slow. But I've also heard people say Salah isn't making adjustments. And like earlier, maybe it takes longer than people <laughs> would like. But when he gets to halftime, he figures it out a lot and he does make some stuff. Like that's why I'm so nervous about – Oh, get rid of Salah. I'm like, he might be, he's a top 10 defensive coach in the league right now. I think it's purely defense. Offense, he's got issues. He doesn't manage the clock particularly well. We all know the end of the game, the end of the first half, we saw what happened. But purely coaching ball on defense, I mean, he knows what great players look like. He coaches them up well. He put guys in the spy and Russell Wilson, which that's what also stopped Mahomes later on. He started spying guys on Mahomes a little bit more. I think it was um, Mosley was spying mostly in that game. Like mm. when he, he might need to get his butt beat a little bit early on, but he figures it out. I think generally, like, what do you think of how Salah's kind of, I guess, done in the last two games, his performance review in the last two games. It's, again, it's hard to complain with results. Like I feel like watching this Jets defense, there's plenty of times where we watch and we're like, what is going on? This team is driving down the field on them. But in the end, they still have – I think they probably have the best red zone defense in the NFL this season. They have been outstanding in the red zone. I think they've allowed, what, four touchdowns or something like that and 13 attempts. That's that's a really, really good percentage. It's what It's got to be – if it's not the best, it's got to be one of the best in the NFL. Uh, I think just the results, when you look at the end of the day, the Jets defense gets the job done. And they got the job done today. They're not perfect. There's definitely holes in the in this in their defensive game plan. They have an attacking front four or four three, and we saw how the Broncos attacked them in that first half, and it was working. They were attacking them east west. They knew they couldn't go north south on them, so they were attacking them east west. That's what Dallas did. And was, that's what Dallas did, and it was working. They were they were basically asking the Jets to send as much pressure at them as they could, and then they were just kind of poking around their mistakes. That that was their game plan, and and it worked. Thankfully, the Jets made second half adjustments. Like some people, I guess, have said that Salah doesn't do. They made second half adjustments. Could they have made those adjustments sooner? Maybe, but there's a lot going on in the, in the in the in, a, in an NFL game. It's very it's fast. Like it's easy for us to sit at home and be like, oh, they should be doing this. They should be doing this. It's a lot easier for the coaching staff to go in at halftime and regroup and be like, okay, we need to do this differently in the second half. And the Jets look like they much better team. Uh, in the second half, the much better team compared to the Broncos in that second half. They came out firing both on offense and defense. I love the adjustments they made. I also want to I want to I want to share a gripe I have because this has always been a thing that, that I have a gripe with. I hate when people blame penalties on coaches. It never makes any sense to me. I don't see at all how there's first of all, there's no correlation, by the way, between like good coaching and penalties. A lot of times the best coach teams are, are just happen to be penalized a lot as well. The Chiefs, I believe, one of the, were one of the most penalized teams in the NFL last season. It happens. Like it just happens. Uh, a lot of it is just, it, it's, it's on the players. Like it ultimately just comes down to the players. So I know anytime a team gets a lot of penalties in the game, which by the way, the jets entered this game. I think they had the second fewest penalties entering this game. So people being like, Oh, it's always the same thing with the jets. 
No, it wasn't. Like, they've actually been really good with the penalties this season. The problem is the penalties have usually come at, at very inopportune times. It seems. They do. And they did an say. opportune time for a penalty, but with, with the Jets in particular, it seems like they're all real, real ball busters. Specifically with the defense, I feel like they have a knack for getting really bad penalties on, like, third downs all the time. Like, obviously, the Sauce Gardner hold from last week is, is a prime example of that, but I feel like that's that's been a frequent issue for them. But overall – Penalties aren't generally a coaching problem. There's no correlation really between good coaching and bad coaching and, and a lot of penalties or not a lot of penalties. It just happens. Like it just happens. And as long as it's not a recurring issue, which I wouldn't say that penalties is a recurring issue with this Jets team. It was today. It was a big issue today, but I wouldn't call it a frequent thing for them this season. Uh, then it's not really something I'm going to be concerned about. Although with individual players, it's a different thing. Like, so with someone like Mekhi Becton, I think he's had like four penalties this season. Like three of them or four of them are false starts like that. That's a problem. That should be corrected by specifically Mekhi Becton. But I don't want to be like, like, it's not a coaching thing. It's not like, oh, blame Nathaniel Hackett for, for Mekhi Becton getting false starts. Like, what's Hackett supposed to do? Is he going to say, don't false start? Like, what is he supposed to do in that situation? He can't do anything. <laughs> So the second question I have is confidence level one through 10, because our, I know Becton came back in. There's a chance. I don't, I think he doesn't play next week. So yeah. The, the line is probably going to be Billy Turner, Lakin Tomlinson, Connor McGovern, Joe Tipman, and Max Mitchell confidence level one to 10 in that line against the Eagles. That's <laughs> <laughs> the worst week to try out shit like oh, this. I know, buddy. but I mean, if Billy Turner and Max Mitchell are starting, I'm going to put it at like a two out of 10, probably. A two? Like, not even, a, I was going to say three, not a two? A two out of 10, because I understand as well who Zach Wilson is as a quarterback. And if, unfortunately, it's an outstanding, like that's that's an excellent Eagles defense. They have really good linebackers. They have great, great, great cornerbacks. And their front four is ridiculous. I have a feeling if the O-line isn't holding up, it's going to be tough for them to do so. We could see some bad Zach Wilson play next week. Nathaniel Hackett has his work cut out for him against that Eagles defense, trying to manage a really bad off or a beat up offensive line, I'll say. And a quarterback who, when he's when he's playing well and he's in a rhythm, has shown to be very good this season in the last two weeks. But when he holds on to the ball for a while, bad things could happen. And I, I fear... We'll talk more about this in a Wednesday show after we hear more about Vera Tucker's injury and what's going on with Becton and Tipman sounds fine. Uh, but I fear that there's a chance we could get the Zach Wilson of old if things go south next here's, week. Because here's what I'm afraid of. The the Jets really won it in the second half because they were able to run the ball with Brees Hall. And after a bad first half, I thought Tipman played very well. I thought outside of the penalty, McGovern played well and Lakin was okay, but in running game, he was very good. Pass protection was bad, but I thought run blocking, he was pretty good. Now they have to play Jordan Davis, who's 345 pounds and runs like a 4'8". He crazy. might be physically like the best, like in terms of pound for pound, athlete in the league in terms of how big he is and how much he can move. And then Jalen Carter, who I, I I know that there's people who go, oh, why did Jalen Carter fall to nine? We know yeah. about yeah, yeah, we the know. field thing and uh, maybe had a hand in – in a death that happened like there we know why Jalen Carter fell there but that's a legal matter purely from a football point of view Jalen Carter was probably the number one player in that draft class and he is playing like a number one player in that draft class and even against the Rams I kind of I was just flipping back and forth they started off hot and then uh offensive line just caved in Jalen Carter had two sacks so I am not like the Jets, I think are playing well. It's one of the, probably their best two games in a row stretch offensively with Zach Wilson. Yes, even I going agree. back to last year. Now, Philly's secondary, I still don't think is. I still don't think the secondary is that great. Their like, corners are really good. Their safety, even, even there, they're, even there they're both shit. having down years this year. Slay's looking a little bit older. Like pretty much everybody. I mean, Tampa struggle, but other than that, everybody's kind of been able to throw the ball on them. But. Mm. I mean, I don't, I don't know how many, how much time Zach Wilson will have to throw the ball against this monstrous front seven that the Eagles have built. Yeah, it's. I mean, it, just reading the names like Josh Sweat, Brandon Graham, Jalen Carter, Jordan Davis, Hassan Reddick, Fletcher Cox didn't even play today, but they still have him. They drafted Nolan Smith in 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 the first round as well. Like that that Derek Barnett, like who's I feel like been rumored to go to the Jets every single year for the last three years. Like they, that front four is absolutely loaded, uh, and it's definitely going to be the biggest concern I have going into the week. 
I'm not, I haven't been fully impressed with the Eagles offense this year. I think that they're definitely, you know, they lost their offensive coordinator in the offseason. I think that's been a, a significant blow for them, but their offensive line is still really good. Jalen Hurts is still a good quarterback. They still have plenty of talent there. Uh, the real, you know, the question is just going to be, can the Jets offensive line and offense look competent against this Eagles, this Eagles defense? Cause it's, it's tough. Like that, that front four is no joke. It's maybe the best in football. Uh, and hopefully like, Thankfully, they get a buy after this. The schedule lightens up, but it's a it's a really bad time for Elijah Tucker to get hurt if he misses this game, and especially if Beckton also misses the game. Really bad timing. Well, also defensively, I mean the the Jets allowed like 130 yards on the ground, I believe. I mean, Jim, I was did. saying before he came on, Jaleel McLaughlin looked like Barry Sanders. He genuinely he's good. When I when I heard that, like when, when not we saw, that good, right? Like <laughs> when we saw that Javante Williams was out, I didn't like I was I I didn't think about that being like a big loss to them because McLaughlin has looked very good for them. Like he's he's genuinely looked really good for them this season. I'm not surprised he made plays. The big issue with the Jets' run defense just appears to be their back end, like their safeties. It, they're, they're, they are a net negative on the field, specifically Tony Adams. I would make the change going into this week. I'd start Adrian Amos over Tony Adams because Amos was better than Adams. Adams has struggled every time he's been on the field. I don't wait another week for him to struggle again. I make the switch. Unfortunately, you're kind of stuck with Jordan Whitehead there. You're not going to play Ashton Davis. Uh, and just you gotta, you gotta I live don't with see Canada. why not. He gets on for two plays every game and he makes a play. I know he was out there again and he made a tackle on one of the last plays in garbage time. I thought that was really funny that he just happens to find he's always around the ball, whether he's taking a bad angle or not. He's he's there, he's near the ball carrier. I know the Eagles are a tough matchup, like excluding the Super Bowl, they haven't lost on a Sunday since 2022. Mm-hmm. Because wow. I mean, because the one that's loss crazy. was a Monday night last year, yeah, that's crazy. The Eagles are obviously beat. They're constructed well to beat everybody. They're specifically constructed well against the Jets because the Jets' whole defensive ethos is we trust our defensive linemen to get home. Well, now Quinn and Williams has to go play Jason Kelsey. That's a little bit different than you know some of the guys that Denver was throwing out there. And Bryce Huff and uh, Jermaine Johnson thought of fantastic games, but Jordan Mailata is a lot different than Garrett Bowles. In terms of how he good is. they are, which is weird saying that considering where my lot of came from, but I mean that that's the reality of the situation. Like it's going to be the, the Jets would have to com- put together a completely different game plan, almost the complete opposite of what they did to beat Denver. I think to beat Philly, like you could not get two more stylistically different teams. I think this is going to be a massive, massive game for Quincy Williams. I need to see Quincy Williams be the same player he has been through the first four five weeks of the season because i imagine he's gonna be matched up at times with dallas goddard whether it's in zone whether it's in man he's gonna find himself near dallas goddard and he's been great in coverage this year he's been great all around they're gonna have to find a way to stop him because he's been obviously he's one of the best tight ends in football he's been really good this season um and just yeah like you said their offensive line is is so talented and they've had a lot of continuity there i don't believe they've had really any major injuries to my knowledge i don't think uh, like that old line is you got Mylotta, you got Landon Dickerson, Jason Kelsey, Lane Johnson. Like there's a lot of really, really good players on that offensive line. So it's, it's going to be a tough task, man. I, I, you know, I got, we got a question here from Josh Karen chat. He said, how can the jets beat the Eagles? They need to play. Pray. They need, <laughs> wait, did I say play the Eagles? No, pray. Oh, pray. <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't even say that. I don't think the Eagles are one, like they're a really good football team, but they're beatable. Like I know they're unbeaten right now, but they, they they've shown that they're a beatable team this season. It's going to be tough if Vera Tucker, especially and Vera and Becton are out. If it's going to be really tough if both of them are out, but I think if their offense shows signs of what they've shown the last couple of weeks, I I do trust that the defense can keep them in check for enough of the game. Unfortunately, if they're constantly being put in bad situations, the Eagles are going to take advantage of that because they are a well-coached team and they do have a lot of talented players. So it's really just going to come down to limiting mistakes. I mean, this is simple shit, but limiting mistakes cannot have the same amount of fumbles they had this week, special teams as well, because Xavier Gibson had his miscues that can't be happening. It's, it's going to be tough, but I think the jets can win this game. It's not a game that we're going into expecting the jets to win, but I don't, I don't see the Eagles as some unbeatable force. Like if this was like, I'd say like the the 49ers or something, I would not be going in with a lot of faith because I think the Niners are just such a, they're a better team. Like they're a better team than the Eagles. Uh, I think that there's some hope, but it's not, obviously it's going to be really difficult. Can, can I have a, I have a, can I say something about Robert Sala? That one sure. punt return where Gibson got absolutely destroyed and they made him yeah. catch another one. <laughs> and, then, and then he puts him back. I didn't know. Why did Sala uh, elect to re-kick there? Why didn't he just take the yards? 
That didn't make just, any sense. I'd imagine Gibson, it was like, you ever seen a cartoon when a guy's get hit and there's like birds flying around their yeah. head and their eyes are all spirals? Like they oh, got like God. a bump sticking out of their head. Like that's what Gibson was like. Because like, he literally muffs the punt right before that. And then they throw him out there and that, ha- and then he just gets whopped as soon, like he gets just <laughs> rushed as soon as he's going to catch them. It wasn't even his fault, obviously. Uh, and then they throw him right back out there again. They go, yeah, just throw you back out there instead of taking the yards. I, I don't know why. I don't They're playing know. With, with a concussion. Like, get out there. He's like, I don't want to go to school, mom. They're like, what? <laughs> get out there. You're the part returner. Yeah. I, one, I just... one last comment I want to ask you about, though, before we wrap up here. How about the inactives meet Cole Harbin and Cole Lawson, Carl Lawson? I'm not upset at all about Carl Lawson. That is exactly what I would have done. I don't think he's healthy. He's clearly not healthy, which sucks, man. Like, it's just, I was so excited about the Carl Lawson signing when they made it because he was really, really good in Cincinnati. I thought it was a really smart move because even if the sacks weren't there, he was he was taking over games with the Bengals. And unfortunately, I just, it seems like we're never going to see a healthy Carl Lawson with the Jets. And that really sucks. The Hardman stuff's just confusing. I They're using Xavier Gibson in the exact role that they probably should be using Nicole Hardman. Maybe it's like the Jets signed Hardman and then they realized, oh, hey, Gibson's good and we want to get him on the field and he plays special. So we're just not going to have Hardman out there. I really think that's what it is. I think Gibson came in this summer and took Hardman's job. He took his job as a returner and he took his job on offense. And it's weird because they they promised the guy a bigger role and he played 50 percent of snaps last year with the defending Super Bowl champs. And now he can't get on the field with the Jets. He's, He's a healthy scratch. I wouldn't be surprised if they try to trade both of them. Uh, before the deadline although I would prefer to keep Hardman as extra depth because I do think he might come in handy at some point uh Lawson I don't know what you can even get from him at this point but I I just I don't think he's going to be healthy uh, like this year I, I really don't and they have plenty of defensive end depth I, I'd be fine moving on from him midseason. it's tough but you know what isn't tough is finally looking at the the post-game recaps and finally seeing a Jets W in the column that was this is the first game this year they had a lead it's October I know wait it's the first game yes yeah, the first game this year they ran a play with the lead ran a play I mean obviously they yeah. got a lead on the line I mean right they, they, they had a lead and then ran a play first time all year yeah. and they tried their damnedest to give it away at the end but the defense held and the Jets are two and three now what does the future hold we don't know we'll Wait for the the slaughter on Sunday that I think a lot of Eagles fans are expecting. But until then, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Overcast, wherever it may be that you get your podcasts. We are on all those sites and YouTube and TikTok. So, Justin, I will let you take us home here. The Jets can never make it easy, man. They can never make it easy. But what matters is the result. And we got a Jets win today because, dude, this entire show would have been vastly different if the Jets didn't win this game. They'd be one and four. They saved their season, honestly. They saved their season. But anyway, we will talk about that more on Wednesday. Thank you all for joining us on the show today. You can follow Mike on Twitter at ByMikeLuciano. You can follow me on Twitter at Justin T. Freed. Follow Jet Press at the Jet Press. Download the Jet Press podcast wherever you get your podcast. Also, check us out on YouTube, TikTok, subscribe, like. You guys know what to do at this point. We stream live every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern time and live immediately following every Jets game. Thank you for listening to Jet Press podcast. I have been Justin Freed. That has been Mike Luciano. We'll see you guys next time. Two and three, baby, and it feels so good. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.